0: That's Paul WV Live. I can Live. do that. I can do that. You can do that. That's the Pulse WV Live and Network that beats to the heart of God. I am your host, John Fowler, along with John Sandy today. John Sandy. It is September the 11th. 22 years ago today. It is today.
1: 22 today. I was thinking of that this morning when I was listening to the news. Yeah. You know? isn't that,
0: just it- it's. I, where were you when that happened? Well, I was quite young, of course. No, you weren't. You're younger than you don't are now. A, don't get an attitude with younger me. Younger than you are now. <laughs> <laughs> don't
1: you of course who hasn't heard that from my mom one time or another? Don't don't get that attitude with me. Yeah. I'll bust your <laughs> high. Yes. Now. My mom used to like to go out and get a switch and let us watch her strip it. Really? Oh yeah, we could see it through the picture when she go out and pick a branch. She'd yeah. strip like, like Jesus making his own cord and his own whip, you know, to go into the temple. Yep. I think she was trying to be biblical. So she was. She was right on it, huh? <laughs> yeah. And what I tell you when, you, when you take a switch, you go across the legs a few times. Oh, oh man.
0: It yeah, people like that go to jail today. <laughs>
1: you know? Well, you go to jail for a, damaging a tree, environmentalist. Really?
0: Shooting a <laughs> snake in the woods. I did that one time. Two shots. Two shots. Absolutely. I was. Um, <laughs> where was I? I was going down Institute Hill. Um, on my way to the eye doctor, Dr. Mann, uh, down in, uh, Riverwalk Plaza and Christy called me and, uh, we had cell phones at that point, but they weren't, you you know, really good cell phones, but they were good. So they were, you could talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And I said, um, she said, there's a small airplane that's flown into the world trade center. Well, you know, I'd been flying, you know, years, years before and all that. And I said, what? I said, how? Does a small airplane fly into the World Trade Center? I said, the pilot had to be, like, really bad off, you know. And um, <laughs> and then when I got there, I was telling Dr. Mann about it, and Dr. Mann is a Navy man, and so we were we were talking about it, but he hadn't heard anything about it yet. And so I was at BB&T and uh, Cross Lanes working there, and they were supposed to have some huge visit from – you know a lot of the power to bees that day, and and so all that went real fast, and and uh, then all the bankers had to get back to the office to figure out what was going to do because the stock had changed. It had, oh my! You know, I mean, it was just it was the, all the financial stuff, and uh, not only that, people living their lives, uh, losing their lives. But I want to encourage everybody to, uh, if you haven't been to. To where uh, the the memorial and the monuments are in in uh, Ground Zero in Ground Zero is in New York City. I want to encourage you to go there. Have you done that? I have. I have not yet, but I'd love to. It, it, and even even in Pennsylvania, I'd love to see that. Yeah. The um, one thing that I that I thought was so unique about the uh, at the World Trade Center the they have a a um, well, it's you know like actually a diagram of where the buildings were but it is a waterfall yes and you can't see the bottom and so all the way around the waterfall are the names of the people who were killed oh wow and that is heated it's heated so snow will never never land on there and it'll always melt and then oh, cool. and, and then know. there's there's, there's then there's a little hole beside each name and then on the birthdays of the people who had passed away, there's a flower that's that's uh, put oh, where my their goodness. name is.
1: I didn't. know It's that.
0: Uh, it's really a neat. <clears throat> that's um, like a li- real living
1: memorial. Yeah,
0: it? it's really. I mean, it's really sad. that, uh, You know, when you think about it, is you, you see all the stories, you know, all the conspiracy. You see, you just have to you just have to put them all together, and then um, you know, come up with your own conclusion. But You know, a lot of that didn't have to happen, and a lot of people they knew about it.
1: A lot of people may not know this, but we lost one of our former WVU quarterbacks in the in the towers. Really, Gray. His last name was Gray, and I remember watching him play. Really, Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Yes, he was lost in there. Yeah, it's uh, it's, um, you know, we we need never forget. No, because we have, uh, we thought we were asleep at nine (laughs) eleven. Right, (laughs) man, we are in a deep rm R. sleep right now right we have really gone to sleep as a nation <laughs> dropped our guard and our border and everything else but anyway but yeah what up 22 years that is amazing
0: yeah and one thing that uh, i think one thing john that that i liked during that time is is there was such unity that you knew wouldn't last with congress and the senate yeah you remember and when the they, house you know when they're on the the you remember that? steps of the Capitol singing amazing grace. Yeah. Seeing amazing grace. And it's amazing how many people get religious during times like this. And, it, I, and, and I say religious, I'm not saying yeah, Christian, no. I'm saying religious.
1: In fact, uh, that's also the quick, the quickest way to change back is to do it that way.
0: Right. when it's not real. And then the blame game started and then oh, it all, yeah. then it all just, uh, you know, happened from there. And, and you know, George W. Bush president, George W. Bush, had no intentions of of being a wartime president, but you know his his agenda was working on school and reading and no you know just uh, social security he he was going to work on that and his whole eight years um, you know after that now one thing I did do I was on a bank merger uh, back years after did it hurt no and it was fun actually down in Sarasota Florida. <laughs> And so the day before I left uh, to come home after that two weeks of being in the sun and was Oh, yeah, uh, every other week. Yeah. yeah. the um, But I was working. Oh, and, of course. Yeah, See, that's the part working. I always miss. Yeah, I was working. And and so I drove by the school that the president was at when he heard of oh, what happened. Did. Yeah, so I went by that school. That was an elementary school. Elementary school, like yeah. so. I, I thought uh, I thought that was kind of kind of that is
1: really fast because I remember kind of into your image. Uh, when he they
0: whispered to him. Yes. Yeah. And that look on his face. Yeah. And Andy Carter, he he if you've not heard what he said, he said, I had to make sure that when I told him that because he was in front of all those children. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. he he had to he had to make sure how he was going to tell that to him. And I've watched all those uh, all those videos and different things, and you know, but you know the you know even donald Rumsfeld Rumsfeld was out helping people you know after the after the plane flew into the Pentagon he was secretary of defense, wasn't he yes I believe he was yeah, and so he was he was out trying to help people and and that kind of thing, and he was an older man at that i point. like like donald Rumsfeld yeah i liked him, I liked him, to I liked him too, he kind of got a raw deal on some stuff, but mm-hmm. you know that kind of. That <laughs> kind of happens. But anyway, as we date ourselves today, which we normally don't, because you could be listening to this 30 years from now. I was just
1: thinking that. Yeah. Now, I was at the radio station when it happened. Oh, you were? Yeah. And it came across my my uh, wife called me. It was, no, it was my wife and my mom. One of them called me and told me what happened. We all went to the TV in that little cubicle we have and we actually watched the second one hit. Did you get did you actually see the second one hit live? No. I yeah. was
0: uh I was at the doctor's office. Yeah,
1: so I we actually saw the second one hit. Wow. And uh wow. And then of course if you remember all the live footage of uh attacking uh, Baghdad. Yes. That was live that you know, that was a live war. Yes. So yeah, it is a historic day a day that uh as was once said, well day that will live in infamy, yeah, uh so that
0: was kind of our Pearl harbor,
1: yeah, in that's a, a good way, a way that's a good way of putting it It really was that significant that uh you know we thought we got we we got to get our hike together here because they caught us basically with our pants down, and we trained yeah. them, i mean we yeah, they know, were trained we, in the United States yeah, know. and they didn't
0: they didn't have to learn how to land, did they? <laughs> no they didn't have to and and you know to to hold an airplane straight and level and to uh to do all that kind of thing it's uh that's the easiest part cuz you know when you if you take somebody flying and you say hey you want to fly for people tell these stories yeah. they say you know, yeah i got to fly a little bit yeah he just handed me the handed me the controls and it's like all you're doing is like this it's not much, not much to do if it's a quiet day. You don't have to learn how to put the you wheels know. down or nothing. And and no, and it was <clears> a, <throat> a it was a calm day that day, and it was a it was a beautiful day. It was a it was a cool, crisp, cool day. So the airplane handles good, uh, you know, on days like that. And you know, so it was just a sad, sad thing. It's so sad, and, and we just pray and hope that we
1: have learn something that will more more diligent because there are just so many things coming at us nowadays where nations are starting to work together that are enemies, like mm-hmm. North Korea, Iran, uh Russia and China. And right. they're starting to pull together. Do you
0: think do you think that prayer even matters when it comes to end time prophecy? Well, that's a great question. Because, I mean, uh, you can't change it. I mean, it's, so, I mean, it's like you cannot pray for God to change his mind on what is written.
1: And it's, and what people
0: don't understand is the book of
1: Revelations isn't telling you what God wants to happen. Mm-hmm. He's telling you the result of sin and what has to happen. That's That's different. It's not like God enjoys Armageddon or something like that. You know, he's just telling you well, this is what's coming. And it's going to end, and this is how it's going to end. Uh, but that's a great question, John. Uh, can our prayer life ma- – does our prayer life matter when it's already written in stone, sewn, stone, so to speak, in the Bible? I, b- I believe our prayer life is essential during those times because numbers can change. you talk talking about the ones that get in. Yeah. Get in, the, uh... Numbers can change through prayer, even if it's – the book of Revelation is written written out just because god knows something coming doesn't mean he made it happen or wanted it to happen that's where people get confused a little bit they think well if he says this or that that means he's basically chosen to do that way we we make choices every day he's already told us if you humble, humble yourself and pray I'll heal your land so he's already given us choices but he knows what choices we may make but we do we do control numbers in prayer in our prayer life, so we need to keep praying for revival, for renewing, for more people to get in because of our obedience, right, John? Yes. To be ready. Yeah. We know how it's going to end. We know that God wins. We're on the winning team. Now, What? A, let's work on the
0: details. Right, and get people in. So yes. we're expanding heaven instead of yeah. expanding hell. Yeah, like the Bible says. And yeah. so, yeah, so there's a lot of work yet to do, but we don't know how much time that we have. But we know that the end times uh, are upon us. And, uh, you know, I believe, I personally think, the Antichrist is alive on this earth right now. A lot now. of people do, yeah. I do. I think I've heard false prophet and all that, you know. And I think... Um, you know, I think, and this is 2023 for those that are watching it years later. If if I'm if I'm wrong, I'm not saying "Thus saith the Lord." I'm just giving you my opinion. Yeah. You know that I think that a lot of this stuff is happening. I mean, even George, uh, George W. George Herbert Walker Bush, That's his dad, the dad, forty one, wasn't he? I think 41 I think president. Older yeah, than that. Well, no, I mean <laughs> 41st president of the United States. I good. think he said, I remember him talking about one world government. Yes. You know, and so then you stop and think, uh, you know, and I was in this era of banking when online banking started, you know, and uh, when the debit cards really hit strong, mm-hmm. uh, paying your bills online, getting direct deposit, <clears> and all that getting started. all this life. Yeah, because, I mean, this is all, and see, the thing about it is, Everything, it was just convenient and great. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you right now that there's coming a day, whether, you know, there's controversy on whether the church will be here or not. I hope not but that the church won't be raptured out. But there is coming a day where there's going to be a mark of the beast. It's, it's coming. It's and, really something when you can see it. And the mark of the beast, John, is going to be wonderful. And it's going to be the greatest thing in the world. And it's going to be convenient. And it's going to be wonderful and all this kind of thing. And, and so you have to be able, if there's anything, and Dr. James R. Wright said recently to me, he said, if there's anything that we need right now today is discernment. Oh, because so you need discernment. Let me tell you why. Because so because a lot of you all are church folk that watch this and a lot of you aren't that, that are church folk. But I will tell you this, it's like some of you all fell hook line and sinker for the vaccine mm-hmm. on for COVID. <clears throat> yeah, and and all and then there's people that there's people John that had COVID But had every shot and booster in the world, and still got it.
1: The president's wife has COVID, and
0: she's had supposedly had all the shots. I guess. Yeah. So, so you have to have discernment. You have to have discernment. Now, I've had COVID one time that I know of, and I never got a shot, and never got a booster, and I lived through it, and I'm thankful that I did. That was back in March of last year. I remember. Or this year. And, uh, you know, you you didn't feel good, but, you know, it's just just part of it. And I'm just trying to – I'm not trying to embarrass. I'm not trying to pick. But what I am telling you is that the church has to quit being gullible of what the federal government's trying to do. Like sheep to slaughter. It's just – Yeah, yeah. And and so, you know, I just – you know, I hope we don't get kicked off for that. But if we do, it's worth saying. Well, they're trying yeah. to start it up again, and we've already learned. That's well, because we're coming
1: up on an election year. Well, we we've damaged our kids so badly; some may com- may never completely recover. Uh, it, you know, as far as their learning and emotional, and the children actually took their lives. You know, yeah. during this time, and and they, and it, there's no signs for it. Right. And here we go. It's like. Right back in, seat the slaughter, and we just follow them right on in again. And yeah. you're right; we need. That's an awesome word from Pastor Wright. We need discernment. Yes, boy, is that true? And of course, the Bible says, "Pray for wisdom." That's all part of discernment.
0: It doesn't said, pray for stupid. It says, "Pray for wisdom." No, we already got stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm not trying to be hard. I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to be a blessing. You are Well, yeah, trying so to be a it. blessing <laughs> because I will say this: there is coming a day that Jesus is going to come through the clouds, do you and know Bill Rever- Clinton's going to see Jesus. Do you know Reverend Jeffers
1: is? Uh, I do not. Okay, he's one of the ministers that prayed for Trap and was kind of his counsel. Oh, okay. He's on Daystar. Excellent. I see him on TV as a comment, as a contributor giving a spiritual point of view of things for the news, like on Fox. Uh, My wife, I believe my wife heard him say just maybe yesterday uh, America will fall.
0: Well, you know, there's no sign of uh, there's no sign of the United States in the end. If you read Revelation, I mean, you got China and you got all these other ones, but you don't have the United States there, so we're not listed. And my God, I hope we're out here, but that happens. Lord, Because it, I don't know how to speak another language. Well, f- to, f- <laughs> f- to fall means another country's taken over. Yeah. And who do you think of when you think of that? I think of China. Yeah. You know, I think of China. And, uh, you know, if if people do not see this, and if you want to, and, and here's the thing you have to understand. Stop living in denial. You know, you have to say, you know, this is where we are. You know, if we have yeah. another five or ten years in this world, who knows? But can you imagine being well, taken over and having somebody else's money? I mean, our money's not worth anything now.
1: Let me give you an example of uh, how naive we are and how asleep we are. And I won't name the person. This person used to do Bible studies. And after a while, without telling them, they switched to Bible studies and got a new person and all this stuff, and they wondered what went wrong. And no one would really be on, open with them about this, right? So just the other day, uh, this person was – talking to a woman that had been had an incredible healing. I mean, I don't know if you heard the story or not about the woman that had the, the part of her colon was dead. And yes, the, I did hear Oh, that. it's a great story. And she knows this person personally, and it just happened weeks ago. I and mean, that's how fresh this testimony is. It's an incredible testimony. And here's what she said to the person that was removed from the Bible studies. Now, there are people in the Bible studies that are living together, doing this and that together, lifestyles, everything, right? They're mm-hmm. in the Bible studies. But they removed her partly because they were uncomfortable that she spoke in tongues. Really? And we're talking about in church. Wow! And it's such a it is such a a perversion of truth. Yes. It's such a twisting of things. Like how do you get there from here? How did you ever get to the point where you are more concerned about that than the people? Yeah. In the Bible study, that and yeah. So it was an eye opener for this person, but in some ways not we're we're seeing where we're headed the church uh just needs to wake up i just finished this series yesterday if you if you guys can go back and check on uh, my podcast uh, or on the, the pulse wv live uh the pulse Gasway, you can type that in on your facebook i just finished this series on being a first responder I think it was one of the most powerful messages I believe the Lord gave me to wrap it up yesterday. And I'll be starting that message here uh, next time we're together because this is my last day on the one more on. But um, just how important it is that we as a church wake up. I told my class yesterday, I said, there's not a person in this room right now or myself that is where God wants to take us. Right. God's, God's purpose for us is far greater and I, John, I want—I don't want to get into it, but I got—I read a scripture where <coughs> Jesus was in his hometown. We all know the story where he's not received; the prophet's not honored in his hometown, right? We all know that scripture. But they started listing the things that the marvels that he did, the the healings, the laying on hands, the wisdom just, they were marveling over all that he knew and then turned right around and said, The Bible says they were offended with him because they knew who he was. He was a carpenter's son. So they discounted everything that they just acknowledged he did. Yes. And got offended. <laughs> That's a <laughs> Absolutely. big got offended and didn't want him and he could. And I, and the word says that he could only do a few small healings,
0: yeah, heal a few sick folks,
1: yeah, instead of the miraculous things he wanted to do. And I was sharing with the class, can you imagine what he wanted to do that day? Oh, yeah, I said, You and I'd be thrilled to lay hands on a few people and see them healed, but him, that was just like, uh, no, that's all he could do is heal a few,
0: (laughs) yeah. It's really, it's really sad that the. <clears throat> that the king of kings and the lord of lords was limited and it wasn't and it his, wasn't his fault and this is really good right here john it's the people it
1: fault. wasn't his faith that limited him it was their response to his faith right yeah you can't say jesus couldn't heal him because he didn't have enough faith right he's the son of god <clears throat> yeah he couldn't do it because you need to participate Right. And of course, uh, Smith Wigglesworth was big on that.
0: You participating in your healing, you know. That's so so good. Well, what I did was I I shared the link to John Sandy's. connect group yesterday so be sure to click on that oh check it out in the comment section god was merciful
1: i mean i'm just telling you i just think god was merciful every time i go in i say lord here's my notes but what do you want me to say today absolutely and i just felt like god really helped to wrap it up and we got into a lot of stuff yesterday that i thought was really significant and i thought encouraging so i wanted to encourage other people to check that out and you catch the whole series too
0: there um So John Sandy's on part seven today of living sacr a living sacrifice.
1: Yes. The last one today. Next week, we'll start the other one that I was just mentioning. So stay tuned for that next week. And this is the John John show. We forgot to mention that. (laughs) So we're glad to have you along with us. Uh, Whether it's on delay or live, you're right on time. We're glad, glad to have you with us. Remember, when you hear something on delay, it's still fresh. God is now. And he can take a message on delay or recorded message on an iPod, and he can make it live right then for you. So be encouraged. Uh, What I wanted to do, John, in wrapping up with uh, our, our program today on The Living Sacrifice is do a little bit of review. And I can't go over much because there's just so much material. Go back and listen to the whole series on this. I believe this is part seven. Was that right, John, today? Uh, Part seven. Thank you. Um, And so the other six parts, go back and listen to those. I'm I'm just telling you, I really believe it it needs to wake us up. That's what we're trying to do is wake ourselves up here to become that living sacrifice. So let's review for just a moment, a few things that we've discussed already. And there's only a few because there's so much material here. Romans 12, 1 and 2 from the New King James Version, we read that. That was kind of our staple scripture that we drew from. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and to do, do not be conformed to the world. Folks, this is encouraging. Do you hear what he's saying here? You and I can do God's perfect will. <laughs> Is that just amazing? He said he said, be to present your body a living sacrifice. You gotta do it. You gotta take that step towards him. He's ready to just respond to every movement you make. So present your body as a living sacrifice, acceptable to God. You're if you do that, that's acceptable to him. I can't imagine hearing anything from God that's greater than him saying, I'm pleased with you. Someone spoke over you, John, the other day and said those words, and I know it had a profound effect on you, and it would me too. Acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, he's saying, look, I'm not asking too much here. You can do this thing. Don't think that, oh, that's too big for me. I don't think I could. No, he's telling you it's your reasonable service. You can do this thing, and do not conform to the world. That's what you have to do. Change the way you look at things, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and folks, God wants to change your heart, but he's got to stop the leak in your brain. He's got to stop the stuff coming in so that it doesn't make it to the heart. So we'll talk. It's like, it's like fixing. I just had this done, so I'll use this as an example. It's like having I had a new toilet put in, John, because we had a crack in the old one, and we had to get rid of it. But if I had a clog in my line below it, it wouldn't matter if I had a new toilet or not. <laughs> you got to take care of the root problem. Okay, that's basically what I'm going at here. So we continue on. Again, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And what I did was I broke down that that whole scripture step by step. I won't do that today, but go back and listen to that because there's just so much information when I broke it down, what each part means. Okay, another scripture is John 15, 13. Again, from the New King James Version, "'Greater love hath no man than this.'" Than to lay down one's life for his friends. Now, let's take it a little different perspective on that. How about laying down your life while you're still alive? How about giving up flowers to someone before they die? Why don't you live your sacrifice today? A living sacrifice is when you die while you're still living. <laughs> I know it sounds like an oxymoron, isn't it? But it's true. And so God wants us to be an example before the rest of the world. Folks, we want to see people change, but if we, if we don't show them that we've changed, how are we going to affect their life? And I said this yesterday, if you lead someone, as, as you, if you claim to be a Christian, but you're not living it, and you convert someone, you've just converted someone over to your sin. That's all you've done. That's not good. Ephesians 6, 6 from the New Living Translation, try to please them all the time, but just when they are watching you. Let me say that again. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. See there again, your heart. Once you guard what comes into your mind, now you have the ability to guard your heart. And that's what the mind does. The mind is the station that thoughts have to go through to get to your heart. So when you guard your heart, you must first, your mind has to be on duty. 1 John 2:17 from the NIV, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Folks, there's rewards coming. Store up your treasures in heaven. Be faithful. Do God's will. Sacrifice. Lay down your life while you're living for others and watch God pour into your life and your future, not only in heaven, but the Bible says in this life as well. So that's just... An awesome promise, God is faithful, don't ever let up folks. He is on your side, He wants the best for you, and He wants you to make it folks. Another definition for living sacrifice is to is to walking out your faith, the choice of your will or god's that's really what it comes down to everyday folks. Are you going to do your will or God's? It's not complicated. don't make it complicated where we where we make it complicated is where we have a hard time giving in, choosing to do his will, not actually doing it. Uh, You and I, you and I both know folks, if you have a a room that needs to be cleaned and you hate to touch it, you know, if you can just get yourself to start, that's the big battle. Get yourself to start over time. You'll get it done. You'll get motivated. You'll start to see other things need to be done. And, and before you know it, you've had a great impact, but We just don't get started. I said to someone yesterday, if you don't read the Bible more than one verse a day, do something. Get started. So walking your faith out is what the living sacrifice is. You need to walk it out. And you're not going to be able to blame anybody else for it, folks. And I gave examples in here of things that, that I'd been through where I need to be willing to lay down what I wanted at the time. And there were situations where um, I had to make a decision for God. And when I made that decision, it left me in a, an uncomfortable situation where I may have been in another state and had no way home. I and mean, that's, that's what happened. Or where I had a job and I was given a choice, do you want to work in this area, which as a Christian I knew I couldn't, or leave my job. I had to walk away from the job. And you don't usually want to do that. You want to make sure you have a job when you leave a job, right? Sometimes when you obey God, things happen where wow, if I do this. I like what Dr. Stanley said. Do God's will and leave the results to him. Just obey God. Folks, you can trust him. He's faithful. He's he's awesome. John seven verse seventeen. New living Translation. New Living Translation. Um Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teachings come from God or whether I speak of myself. Wow. When you choose to go with God, God will prove himself to you and your faith will grow and you'll be the proper example in front of other people. And that's what he's looking for. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 4.18, New Living Translation again of the NIV. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Isn't that awesome? And that's one of the hardest things to get Christians to do, is to trust Him when it doesn't make sense. When your body's hurting and you're believing for healing, when you trust Him, you don't go by your five senses, when you go by the Word instead of other people's words. Wow. Satan tried to defeat Jesus in the desert by perverting the word. Jesus used a pure word. Stick to the word, folks. Use a pure word. Don't add your own opinions. Don't translate it by your experience. Because your experience will fool you. Because, And I learned this as a young boy under a great uh, teacher that... When God heals you, Satan sometimes comes back and gives you the symptoms again, and you've got to stand on the Word. You can't go by those symptoms. Sometimes they even get worse. What are you going to do then? I'm going to stand on the Word, right? So Romans 12, 1 and 2 is the scripture. That's the basis, and I broke it all down as mentioned, one step at a time, and there were just some wonderful points. You need to go back and listen so you can pick up those points on what exactly that scripture broken down is really telling you. God is a merciful God. He's a forgiving God, and he's not to be feared in the wrong way. Fear him in the sense that you respect him and you love him. That's what he's looking for. He wants you to become a living sacrifice to do God's will and not yours. It's a daily choice, a daily decision. Holy, and the term used in the Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, the word holy, the highest, and I put this as my own definition, holy, the highest rank of God's personality. Folks, he's not, he doesn't only speak the word, the Bible tells us he is the word. He's whole, through and through, holy, a holy God through and through. It's Holiness is God's highest rank of his personality. I love that. So, you can trust him. Give him your life. Lay down your life. And it talks about being transformed. What does that mean? Letting God do the changing, not just our hearts, but our minds as well. And I mentioned this. He doesn't need your help. (laughs) He needs your cooperation. He needs you to be surrendered and to do his will, not your own. He doesn't need your help. Um, (laughs) If what we are taking is bad, we need to change what we're doing. If you're on the path someone else is on and it's not God's will for you, get off their path. Stop following people on their path. Get on God's path for you and encourage people to get on your path. Because, you know, if your ship is sinking, then you need to get off. If it's going down and you're you're going down the wrong road and you're finding yourself getting attracted to the wrong things and you know enough about the Word that this is not what God has for you. You need to understand that you need to get off that sinking ship. There's many signs around you to do His will and not your own. Boy, He's got great plans for you. He's got more in store for you than you have any idea. God's will over our will. That's what this is all about, folks, to be a living sacrifice. It's got to be God's will over your will. And that's a daily choice. You'll do it every day. Start your day with praise and thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving is a state of mind. You, you pray, uh, you give more thanksgiving and praise as you go deeper because you are more convinced he's got you and you're covered. And so you just want to praise him. You want to lift his name up, not your own. You want to seek his will, not your own. Walking close to Jesus wherever you hear his voice. If you stay close to God you are going to hear his voice. It kind of goes together. He's got a still small voice, but it's very clear. And as I mentioned yesterday in class, sometimes when he speaks to you, it sounds like your voice. And you got to learn to discern the difference because he's wanting to speak to you all the time. And so if you'll get close enough to him, You'll hear his voice. You won't miss it. You'll never risk a thing by trusting God and giving him your life, whether it be who you marry someday as young people, your job, your career, your location. Those three areas are the most significant areas of your life in finding God's will, who you marry, where you locate in your career. So you need to seek him, and you can trust him. He's faithful. If When you look back after serving God, you're going to see nothing but glory because that is where he's taking you. A state of consistent readiness for his return. You and I have to have our antenna up all the time. We need to be seeking him all the time because at any given moment, he may give you a word that may change the course of your life, change the course of someone else's life, or even your destiny and your eternity Because you were listening to his voice. He may even save your life physically or someone in your family or someone else because you listened to his voice. I know a man of God that was headed to Canada for some work, a godly man. Another man of God spoke and said, God tells me if you go, you're going to die in a car wreck. And he didn't go. God used him for many, many, many more years to come. Folks, you're safe in a council of witnesses. That means others that have the same desire you have to do God's will and not your own. God is after you, not what he can do through you. He wants your heart. He wants your mind. And if he can do that, then he'll convert your soul, that your spirit's in charge. As John the Beloved said, that your soul prosper. Your soul's going to prosper when God's will's done and not yours because we, what lies before us is death, death and destruction. John 10.10, 10, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That doesn't sound like a very nice destiny for me. That doesn't sound like a future I want. How about you? But that's where you're headed if you choose your way instead of God's way. And don't think you can do both at the same time because the devil owns the fence. If God has our heart, then he will have everything. Amen. If you find God's will for your lives, but don't choose to become a living sacrifice, then you will destroy yourself. Folks, one of the worst things you can do is to get half in and half out. Well, what do you mean? Because if I'm half in, I'm doing at least half of what he wants. No, the Bible says I'd rather be hot or cold. He knows that if you're half in and half out, you're deceived. And boy, when you're deceived... Without being a living sacrifice, you can destroy yourself. I said just yesterday, if you try to walk in faith without love, your faith can destroy people because love is what gives us that temperament. Love is what gives us that tone in our voice. Love is what gives us that avenue to re- go right into the heart of man because God's love has to precede everything that comes out of our mouth and everything we do. Love keeps you Balanced, God is more concerned about who you are than uh, what He wants you to be. We are to seek to be and not to have. The reason it's called a living sacrifice is because we are always trying to get off the altar. Stay on the altar. Abraham offered up his son. His son stayed on the altar, and what happened? God revealed His purpose. Through him being on the altar. If he had not taken his son to the altar to be crucified, he would have never learned the lesson God had for him. He had to walk it out. We should pray. God, I want to know everything about you, not what you can give me. We want to know what God wants to do with our lives, right? But first you got you can't put the cart before the horse. You've got to realize that you got to know him. Folks, he has a personality. He has a plan for your life. Uh, Psalms 139 verses 14 through 16 tells us that your life is written in a book before you were ever formed. God has a plan for you. Stick with him. Let him walk it out. It's it's awesome what God wants to do with all of us. Walking with God is not difficult. It's impossible because we're always trying to get off the altar. If you get off the altar, you'll never find out why he puts you there. You'll die another way. Folks, we're all going to leave this world through death if he doesn't return first. Die now so that whenever the time comes, when you come to be him, you will simply transform into that new life. God wants the best for you. Smith Wigglesworth knew that. He knew that you had to participate in order for God to do a work, and he showed it over and over again. He had no respect for persons. He knew that God's way was the only way. And God would take your weaknesses and turn them into strengths. How does that happen? Because your weakness allows him to take over. When you realize you're weak, you're going to give it to him. Then when he takes over, now he's going to do great things to you. Isn't that awesome? When the early apostle missions went to the moon, all they did was hurl the uh, the missions, the, the satellites, or the, not satellites, the, their capsules, NASA would hurl their capsules towards moon, the moon. And every 10 minutes, they had to change direction as much as 90 degrees to stay on course. you got to make adjustments. You're going to have to change course. You're going to have to watch where you're going. If you start down the wrong path, make an adjustment to stay on target right to God. Our phones today have more power, more information in them, more computers than the early apostle missions. God wants you to stay on target. You're going to have to choose every day to make those adjustments with that spiritual capsule and keep it on target right to God. If you don't live our lives with direction, then any path we take will get us there. <laughs> it's the truth. If you don't know where you're going, you're going to make it. there are some people as I've mentioned that they refuse to let the Bible get in the way where they're going God has a plan for you so in closing I want to remind you as I just said if you don't live your lives with direction then any path you take will get you there God wants you to make it Psalm 139 verse 1450 I mentioned my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place now we're getting down to the end where we're talking about, as you may remember, when I first started this series on a living sacrifice, I said living sacrifice is a place. Now, here's, here's how it works. As I mentioned, Psalm 139, verses 14 through 16 tells us that he formed us. Before he formed us, he wrote our story out. That's a place. It's called a secret place. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2 says in the NIV, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This is a place, folks. This secret place, this is a place where God wants to get you to. He said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. We trust him in a place. That's a place where he formed us. God's trying to get all of us back to where he first formed us before he first conceived us. God conceived us with words. And he conceived us in a place called a secret place. And this is a place where he wants to get us to. He wants to bring us full circle where we get back to where he is. The Bible tells us that God has no beginning. How is that possible for something not to have a beginning? Well, as a former art teacher and artist, we learn early that a circle is a continuous line. That's a, That's the definition of a circle, a continuous line. There is no beginning to end the circle. God is whole, and he is holy with no beginning that formed us in a secret place. Before we were ever formed in our mother's womb, he formed our whole story. He wrote our story out in a secret place, and he's wanting to get us back to that place where we can fulfill everything he's called us to do. It's called God's secret place, where he formed you and me. This is the center of his universe. God's word is the center of his universe, and he's wanting to bring us all into oneness together, into that full circle, to bring us full circle back into that, where all things are made like you and me. His secret place, where we are called and where all things holy emanate from. So, in closing, if we are willing to be a living sacrifice, follow this, then he will uh, then he will allow us to enter into the secret place where we were not only formed but where it's the only place where we can completely fulfill all things where all things are possible. Folks, he's wanting to get you where he first conceived you so he can fulfill. See, if you're a whole, he, there's no limits to what he can do with us because we are now a circle. We are now fully engulfed in God's will and not our own, where, we now, where all things emanate from him through us. He wants to use you. He wants to bring his wholeness into your life by making you whole. And now you're one with him, this full circle, where you come full circle, where you find his will, you do it, you surrender yourself, you become a living sacrifice, and before you know it, you are becoming a part of who he is. And when you do that, all things are possible now. You can lay hands on the sick. Now you can rebuke and cast out demons. Now you can be all things to all people, as Paul said his goal was to be. So I want to encourage you, don't ever give up. I don't care if there's a crack in your armor. I don't care if your circle's broken. Folks, get started again. It's like a diet. If you failed your diet today, tomorrow's a new day. Start again. And remember, When you ask him to forgive you of anything, he's not only forgiven you, he forgets it. You can start a new day. Start it today, wherever you are. Start a new day with Christ. Give him everything. I'm talking to you. Give him everything today. And watch him work. Watch him bring you into the center of his will for your life. Jesus, I pray right now that everyone listening will take account of all of their life thus far and take a new step. They may be backslidden, fallen. They may be struggling as a Christian. They may want God's will, but just not there yet, and they know they need to. They have a revelation, but they need a little nudge of loving push towards the kingdom of God. And that's what we're here for, is to be a light so people can find what we have. But we have to have it to give. So, Lord, help us to be faithful, to be that light that people, as John and I talked about earlier. The book of Revelation has been written out, but the numbers haven't. We can influence numbers between now and your return. We can help people to make it, to be somewhere for eternity because we chose to be unselfish to do your will and not our own. Lord, I pray that everyone listening right now will make that decision to say, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you raised on the third day that you sat next to the Father's right hand and you pray for me and you're preparing a place for me. I want to do your will, not mine anymore. I want to understand the word. I want to read the word. I want to pray more. I want to praise you more. I want to have a thankful heart. I want to surrender everything to you. Today, Jesus, I want to do that. Follow me in that prayer and give him your life. God has the best for you, folks. He's got the best for those that lead the choice to him, and it's far beyond what you have any idea. So be encouraged today. Do not give up. Turn around and give him your life today. Amen.
0: I think that was awesome, John Sandy. God God really helped you, no doubt. Being a part of this ministry, you will be blessed, I promise you. And you could do it three different ways. Text the word Pulse to 1304-244-3187. Go to thepulsechurch.com, Give through PayPal, or mail your love gift. The P.O. Box 141 Gassaway, West Virginia, 26624. Have a great day. Thanks for listening and watching The Pulse WB Live, a network that beats to the heart of God.